Pirates are seven and two. They lead the National League Central by two games. I have no idea what their magic number is, but at least they have a magic number, however, temporarily. Tyon pitched a one-hit complete game shutout yesterday. Polanco is playing like he's actually interested. Three home runs already and 13 RBI. But only 9,000-some-odd tickets got sold yesterday, and not many of those showed up. You can blame the weather, and it was cold. But that only affects the walk-up. The advance sale was obviously lousy, and the advance sale is what it's all about. Is this the trickle-down of disassembling that 98-win team from 2015 to increase profit? Is this a de facto boycott? Is this the result of lapsing trust between the customers and the owners? Yo, no matter what the specific reasoning is, the pirates are reaping what they sow. There's no reason to be upset and certainly no reason to be surprised. Sick Again, brought to you by 84 Lumber, helping you build the right way since 1956. Uh, nobody's organizing a boycott. You don't see the fans picketing, but perhaps Bob Nutting just bamboozled the paying public one time too many. My guest right now is the highest scoring Pittsburgh-born player in NHL history, uh, born and raised in Plum, but he played five seasons for the Philadelphia Flyers. He is R.J. Umberger. R.J., it's great to, to talk to you. You grew up as a Penguins fan. What was it like to then, years later, play for the Flyers? Because you had to hate the Flyers as a kid, right? <laughs> yeah, Mark, it's funny you say that. Uh, it was uh, it was definitely a unique situation to uh, come into the, the league and to um, you definitely grow up as a major Pens fan hating the Flyers. It's, uh, it's just something you're born with. And um, but that had to quickly change for me once I signed there and I went there and, uh, I mean, that was my team and those are my teammates and you had to quickly, quickly, uh, enjoy the moment and the team you're at. And, you know, I, I learned, you know, that there was a, it was a good organization with a lot of good people and, you know, it wasn't hard for me to, to enjoy the, the time in Philly. What was that rivalry like on the ice when you played for the Flyers against the Penguins? How mean spirited was it when you were out there? Oh, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's real. It's, it definitely, uh, you know, it's mean, it's vicious at times. Um, you know, I, both teams, you know, always, always have hated each other and, and you see it on the ice and, you know, there's a lot of trash talking. Um, you know, even the games that I was a part of and, and remember there was a lot of fights. Um, I even had, I think I got in a couple, <laughs> even, uh, at least one, I think back with Orpic or something, but, you know, it's just the, the the rivalry itself just takes over, and it's, um, you know, something you just become part of. Now, do teams talk about rivalries in the dressing room, like we hate these guys, blah, 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 or is it more unspoken and it doesn't really get out there till the game starts? I, I, you know, it's probably different in every locker room. I, you know, I think um, – you know, there's banter that definitely goes on in in, in different conversations. Um, it's not it's not like uh, something a coach talks about or a focus point, you know, or anything like that. It, but it, you know, guys, every player you know has has teams and other players they hate going against. Um, you know, that's just the way way sports and competitive sports work. So, um, you know, it's not something people aren't going to talk about. Um, but 
you know, I'm sure when you're when you're drawing a team, you, you look and you're like, oh man, you know, either you know you hate playing against this team, or you look at what kind of success you've had against this team as a team wise or personal wise. But um, like I said, it, it's not a, like a matchup, something that the, a coach will talk about. By the time you had played a few years for the Flyers, did you hate the Penguins? I mean, how could you not? That's part of the culture, right? Yeah, that's the, that's the kind of funny thing. You know, it's not so much you, you hate the Penguins. You kind of just hate the you know, playing against other players and, you know, you start, you start growing, you know, into those rivalries and those things where you just, uh, you don't want to see them succeeding. And, you know, when I played against the Penguins so much as a flyer, you know, you hated playing against Crosby and Malkin and, you know, and you just, you didn't want to see them do well. And it's, it's kind of a, just a strange thing for me because, you know, I was, I was such a Penguins fan growing up, but this is a, it's a different Penguins you know, than what I'm used to. I, I was a fan of Lemieux and Yager and Francis and Takia and and Recky and, and Coffee and those guys. So, you know, this is this is different generations. It's not not the same for me. And um, you know, I was easily fell into the trap of of wanting to you know get the best of them. Now, in 2008, the Penguins and Flyers played in the Eastern Conference Final, and the Penguins won in five games. And one game five by a 6 nothing score at the Civic Arena. That's kind of ironic for you, right, to be deprived the trip to the Stanley Cup Final by the team you rooted for as a kid. Yeah, that was tough. Um, you know, you don't know how far you're going to get. Um, and, you know, that was my third year in the league. And at that time, I think you think you'll get back to that chance. But, again, when you look at my career, I never had the opportunity to go back to the, the Conference Finals. So um, it was definitely a, a tough moment. Um just losing on that nature. We had such a good playoff run, and then, you know, we we didn't do well against the Penguins that series. We lost in five and got blown out the last game. Um, and, you, and you lose to your rival team. It, it was it was a tough moment. Um, you get to to that point, and, and honestly, like, you start thinking, you know, hey, we have a chance we can win the Cup, and you start thinking about that moment and that, that moment you've dreamed about your whole life. And uh, so and that, to have it, you know, slip away like that against a team that you you know that it's a rival and somebody that you, you know you don't like. It was definitely a tough moment. We're talking to R.J. Umberger, ex of the Flyers, born and raised in Plum, PA. You're on the home of the Penguins, 105.9 The X. And, and another thing I remember about that series in 08, uh, that was a meeting between the two Pittsburgh-born guys who were still to this day one-two in scoring among Pittsburgh-born NHL players, namely you and Ryan Malone. Yeah, that was actually kind of fun. You know, Ryan and I never really had, never kind of fell into that trap of, uh, you know, hating to play against each other or anything. We always enjoyed the moments. Uh, you know, we were two of the first, and, you know, we've always seen the bigger picture in, in that sense. And, you know, I've always wished him well, and that he's done the same. And, you know, we had fun when we played against each other. You know, unfortunately, he got the better end of the stick. But, um, you know, it was, it was definitely a lot of fun. There's a lot of Pittsburgh guys in the league right now. Uh you, you know, without slighting anybody, who do you think the best guy is? Oh, boy. <laughs> that's a tough question. Uh, I heard you say that that was the highest scoring one. That's not going to last too much longer. <laughs> um, you know, that's tough. There's there's so many good ones right now. Well, I'll um, tell you what. Let me let me bring up a name then. This kid from Florida, Trocek, he can score goals, and, and, and that's not always the easiest thing to do. You know what? I was uh, I was gonna say him. He he's uh, I, I've been just seeing his stats, you know, the past couple of years, and it's 
it seems every time I look at a Florida box score, he, he's scoring goals. And, you know, you don't get to see many of their games. Um, you know, not many are televised nationally. But um, I do remember the, the times that early in his career, late in mine, that I played against him. He, you know, he was his speed um, and skill were, were pretty evident. So he's, he's doing great. You know, there's a bunch of guys in the league right now that are doing really good. So, you know, it's proud to it's proud for, you know, someone from Pittsburgh to see that. I almost hate to bring this up, RJ, but probably the low point of your Flyers career was in 06-07 when the Penguins won the season series eight games to none. I almost felt bad for you, buddy. Almost. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> that, that year was a tough year. We, uh, I think we were the worst team in the league, and uh, that was my second year. Definitely uh, the sophomore slump definitely was, uh, was part of that, and that was a tough year from, from all around, every aspect. Um, but, you know, I, I don't remember the fact that we lost every, uh, every game, but now that you, now that you bring it up, I, can, I probably won't forget it now. Well, maybe, so. it's, maybe it's best to forget. Uh, hey, yeah. on, on a more positive note, you always did really well in the playoffs, RJ. 14 goals, 20 points in 30 career playoff games. What about the playoffs brought out the best in you? Well, I just think that uh, for me – I, I guess I was a, a type of player that kind of rose to those challenges. Um, the, the bigger the, the, the scenario is, the you know, the more I look forward to it. And I think my type of game, I was, you know, I tried to be a gritty player. I tried, you know, I didn't shy away from front of the net, the corners, along the boards. That was what made me successful in, in the NHL. And I think that was just some some attributes that really, really was important come playoff time uh at least back then when i played uh you know five eight years ago and um you know so i think it just it it, it suited my game and you know i was able to have success that way who do you like in this series who's your pick between pittsburgh and philadelphia pittsburgh won the season series four games to none scored five goals against philadelphia in every game but most of the games were pretty close yeah, I that's uh I knew that they had won the series and you know, I, I think it's going to be a good series. I do think the the Flyers team is uh is a pretty good team this year. They've um you know, I I was with them a few years ago and you know, I've seen how they've progressed and you know, I know a lot of those players and some and most of them are, are ex teammates of mine. So, you know, I, I do think they, they have a good team. Um but you, how can you you know, you look at the Penguins and what they've done, uh you know, win two Stanley Cups back to back, and then you know, for me, honestly, the most impressive part is probably the fact that that they're right back in it this year. Because you know how hard it is to to win, let alone do it one, two, three years in a row. It's just wears on your body, it wears on you mentally, and the fatigue you would have thought had would have been a uh, factor, and it just really hasn't really uh, at this point. So. I think it's going to be a great series. You know, I have to say, I think Pittsburgh's going to win just because of the fact that it's the, uh, the champions, and, you know, they they won the series all year. Well, here's the trick question. Who are you going to root for? Where do your loyalties lie? Well, to be honest with you, uh, I really don't root at all for any team right now. I think I'm so, uh, so removed, like soon removed from the game that it's hard for me to kind of sit and cheer for anybody. Um it's it's the weirdest thing for me being an ex-player that you know you grew up and you love hockey so much and it was your whole life and you know, love the NHL and I love watching hockey so much and now it's just like I don't feel like I really have a, a team to cheer for every night um, just because I'm so so removed from it uh, recently and 
Um, it'll well, be tough. And don't you feel, RJ, don't you feel like you're kind of a blue jacket? You spent most of your career there. You still live in Columbus. Isn't that more the team you identify with now? Yeah, and that's exactly what I was just going to say. I think if there's a team that I'm pulling for the most, it would probably be the Blue Jackets. And um, mostly because, like you said, I live here. I had my best years here in, in Columbus. And, you know, more than anything, my, my son is, is now four and a half. He's going to be five soon. And, you know, he's getting into hockey now. And, you know, this kid's going to grow up a, a Blue Jackets fan because of where he lives, um, just like I grew up a Penguins fan. And, so, you know, we've gone to some games, and he enjoys going to games and, and rooting for them. And so, yeah, I'm probably pulling for the Jackets. But more than anything, um, I just like to see good playoff hockey. I watched last year, and I just enjoyed seeing good games. It really didn't matter. RJ, great stuff. Thanks, as always, for taking the time, and we'll talk again soon. Sounds good, Mark. Take That's care. RJ Umberger. He and I go way back. Deck hockey player in Plum. I knew him back when, and, and what a player he was during his career with uh, uh, Philadelphia and then Columbus and then Philadelphia again. Okay, I find out where we're giving away the tickets, but it's not yet, so don't call. Unless you want to talk about hockey, you won't win tickets, but you will talk to the super genius. We're giving away the tickets at the bottom of the hour, and that's when we have Mike Lang on as well. If you want to talk hockey, though, call right now, 412-333-WXDX. And don't forget, we have Chris Letang on at 515. I'm Mark Madden, 1059. And now, the super genius, Mark Madden. It is Stan, the man Gable, the Navitas. How you doing, Mark? I'm doing good. The X at 105.9. If you're just tuning in, I picked the Penguins to win the series in five games at the program's beginning. I think the Flyers just don't have a number one caliber goaltender. They got two guys who are okay, but when you got two okay goalies, that means you have none that are good enough. Uh, Brian Elliott will probably start game one Wednesday. Peter Morazic, for whom they traded uh, with Detroit to acquire, uh, would be the next up. I don't like their defense either. Augustus Baron Provorov can skate. They got good puck skills. I think each can be had defensively. And they got... Uh, Andrew McDonald skates like his ankles are chained together. Uh, Manning's a scrub. Gudas is a scrub. I I know they can score, but can they defend? If the Penguins defend effectively, and certainly will need to defend more effectively than they have in, in um, well, not just recent weeks, but really all season, then it could be a longer series than five games. But uh, I trust the Penguins know what time of year it is. Nobody has that figured out better than they have in the past two seasons. I think they will indeed batten down the hatches and make this series as brief as the talent on each team dictates it should be. Let's go to Mark in Louisiana. Mark, you're on with Double M. Good afternoon, Mr. Madden. Good afternoon. Do you think we should have any concern as to there being a fatigue factor, being that this is the third year consecutively that the Penguins have been in the playoffs and have gone as far as they did the last two seasons? Well, Ole Mata talked about that when he joined the show at 315, and he said that when the playoffs start, you get a rush of adrenaline because that's the time of year when everybody wants to play. Now, how long will that rush of adrenaline last? I don't know. The Penguins have played 213 games, I think is the total count between regular season and playoffs heading into this season. Now you pile on another 82 more, and the playoffs are just beginning. So I think we'd be foolish to pretend that fatigue 
can't be a factor, but um, until it is, I can't say for sure that it will be. I, I think that, that the first round's never a problem because the adrenaline's definitely there. And the first round's the toughest series to win. And I've said repeatedly, Mark, that for the Penguins to win a third straight Stanley Cup, they could use a five-game series or less in the first two rounds. And they could get that against Philadelphia, a four- or five-gamer, so much the better. I hate to take anything for granted. And even though I hate the Flyers, I'm not going to diminish them and say the Penguins should sweep them, but the Penguins could sweep them. And if they do, that would be marvelous on a lot of different levels. Let's go to Grant Lawrenceville. Grant, you're on with Double M. Hi, Mark. I wanted to ask you, with the last two seasons, we have seen you know, kind of these mid-tier guys have breakouts in the playoffs with, uh, what, Benino in 16, then Gensel last year. Is there a guy that you think is poised to really hit a new level and make a big statement for the Pens in the playoffs? Well, I would say Derek Broussard, except he has, what, 55 points in 78 playoff games. So that wouldn't necessarily be a new level for him. Very I think, true. I think one guy that could do it if he gets the ice time with the right guys is Zach Aston Reese. But right now he's on the fourth line. I love the way Aston Reese plays, though. And uh, I think if Sherry falters and Reese plays well, those two could very easily switch roles sooner and, and not later. Zach Aston Reese is tough, he's big enough, and he can stick handle in a phone booth. He can play in tight. So. Uh, that's my potential breakout guy if he gets the chance to be a breakout guy. Let's talk to Ted and Butler. Ted, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Hey, Super Genius. How's it going? Hi, Ted. Yeah. Uh, I know this is pretty far-sighted, but I just kind of wanted to get your insight on it. Um, say we make it to the Eastern Conference Final. Who, do you, who would you rather face, Tampa or New Jersey? Uh, New Jersey. New Jersey's New Jersey. not that good. I, I know they beat the Penguins three out of four games this year. New Jersey's not that good. New Jersey's not going to beat uh, Tampa. They're just not. You think Tampa is the faster team or New Jersey? I think Tampa's the better team. It's not a track okay. meet. It's important to be fast, but as long as you are fast, it won't be about who breaks the tape first. It'll be about who can possess the puck. Okay. All right, thank you. Let's go to Corey in the car. Corey, you're on the Mark Madden Show. What up, Big Sexy? What up, man? Uh, question for you. I'm not looking past the Philadelphia completely, but you had said you feel pretty confident in this series with them. Uh, moving forward from there, uh, Columbus or Washington, who would you rather see us matched up against and why? I'd much rather play Columbus because, you know, the Penguins beat the bejesus out of them in the playoffs last year, knocked them out in five games. They beat them four straight games during the regular season, so they have beaten Columbus nine out of the last ten competitive fixtures. Now, Washington has certainly been a victim time and again at the hands of the Penguins. They've eliminated them in each of the last two playoff series. But Washington's a real good team. And sooner or later, doesn't the, don't the Capitals have to beat the Penguins in the series sooner or later? And maybe they'll do it when it's least expected, like it would be this year. It's been eight of nine over past yeah, years, yeah, yeah, but like what what happened when Larry Murphy was on either team doesn't count. I, I mean, I can look at the last two years and say, yeah, that counts, but that's a pretty good team. Their goaltending is a bit uh, in a bit of a quandary. Uh, has, have they named a starter yet? Whether it'll be Grabauer or Holtby in game one, I don't think they have. Uh, but Ovi got the 49 goals, man. He had a great bounce back season after scoring, I think it was just 33 last year. 
The Capitals are still definitely a force to be reckoned with. Okay, now it's time to call in and win. Very exciting. Be caller number, let's see here. Let's go with caller number 15. No, let's go with caller 13. Tanger's number, 5 plus 8 equals 13. Caller number 13 right now at 412-333-WXDX gets a couple tickets to Wednesday's Game 1 playoff matchup with the Philadelphia Flyers, and those tickets will not be easy to get. I can tell you that for certain. So caller number 13 right now at 412-333-WXDX. we got Mike Lang right around the corner and Chris Letang at 515 here on the home of the Penguins, 105.9. Live from the Edgar Snyder and Associates Studios, this is The X. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Go ahead. You can say it because it's true. It's damn true. Hey, Mark. Love the show. Thank you for making my day. Yeah. The X at 105.9. This man has seen it all when it comes to the rivalry between the Penguins and Philadelphia Flyers. He is the voice of hockey in Pittsburgh. It's the Hall of Famer, Mike Klang. Mikey, here we go again. The Penguins play the old enemy in the first round, the Philadelphia Flyers. You can't ask for anything more exciting, can you? I'll tell you, I'm watching that game last night, Boston and uh, Florida, and uh, the whole world thought Boston was going to win that game. And I remember back in, I think it was 97, the Penguins, all they had to do was beat the Boston Bruins, who had three first-round picks that year. They were the uh, bottom feeders in the NHL. If they go into there, they end up playing, I think, the Florida Panthers and or uh, Tampa in the first round. <clears throat> they walk into the game, Boston throttles us, just knocks us right right back. We end up playing uh, the Philadelphia Flyers. Five games, say goodnight. <laughs> so I'm very familiar with that scenarios and it reminded me of going into Philly and they were the better team and walk right through us. There have been so many great series. Uh, probably the most heartbreaking one was uh, uh, early in the century when they uh, battled the Flyers and, and they went into Philadelphia and did something they really hadn't been able to do too much in the history of the franchise and that's win the first two games on the road in Philadelphia. Stunned the Flyers. But the Flyers had something left and they came back and they won the fifth uh, the big five overtime game, uh, as you remember, Mark, and then went on to win uh, four straight and uh, and beat the Penguins in that series. So there's been a lot, and they always seem to to uh, have a special wrinkle to each and every one of them, which makes it uh, fun to fun to watch and fun to be a, a fan of uh, for both sides. The Penguins beat Philly four straight games in the regular season. That that doesn't mean a lot now, Mike. Obviously, but what's your biggest takeaway from those games in terms of the way the teams match up? Well, I think, you know, both teams, I think, played much better hockey in the second half of the year, and the Penguins actually played better than Philadelphia uh, from the first of the year on. They played almost 700 hockey, Mark, and most people are not even uh, aware of that and uh, and note it because uh, there's only one team in the league that's above 700 for the whole year, and Nashville was that. So that's how well you have to play to put those numbers up. But the Penguins, uh, you know, it was such a, uh, I don't want to say mediocre, but uh, they just couldn't find their, their feet, and they couldn't get it going. They couldn't score goals. And uh, Philly was pretty much in the same uh, same condition, and uh, they lost 10 in a row. Uh, they appeared to be helplessly adamant. I mean, they were down that third from the bottom in the overall standings in the league, and they made a nice run. And, and uh, their young kids have, have had the opportunity to participate in that. So, 
uh, and you see improvement on both ends, both teams, and that's why I think it's going to be a pretty good series. Uh, Philly can skate now. I mean, they're a skating team. They're not the the physical beat em up type of situation anymore. You got to have your skating shoes, and I think both teams are certainly capable of that. And that's why I look for some great fast hockey with some hitting. It's going to be in there. Uh, and then you've got the rivalry, and the fans are involved, and that even uh, pumps the players up even more. So uh, we're all going to be able to, to participate here in, a, in what I think is going to be a really good series to watch. I agree, and as you mentioned, the Flyers can skate. They certainly can score with guys like Drew and Voracek. And for me, their wild card's Wayne Simmons, Mike. How do you handle that guy with his physical style? He may be their toughest guy to, to deal with. Can anybody handle him? Yeah, that, that's you know, what I mean. I mean, that's the thing. I remember somebody, uh, Corey Perry came to town one night and uh, poked in three. I mean, he was just unstoppable. And he's very much a similar type of player that, that Wayne Simmons. And somebody said to me after the game, you know, what's wrong with that team? Can't they stop that guy? <laughs> well, you talk to you know, the other 29 teams uh, in the league. Can't they stop that guy? You know, that's when he was uh, really scoring the 50-goal uh, plateau and just on run after run after run. Certain guys have that ability to do that, as you well know. The Flyers maybe had one of the greatest of all time, and his name was Tim Kerr. Who, I mean, you couldn't move him. I mean, he was uh, physically a, a giant of a man, and uh, you just prayed the puck didn't come to him because you had no chance of it. like a, you know, a little fly uh, bumping into a to a Mack truck and, and, and trying to make him uh, stop from shooting. So. Uh, there are certain guys that are blessed with it. You got to have a little coordination in there, and you got to have the ability to to move the stick around. You know, the Penguins have a smaller version in Patrick Hornquist, but pound for pound, you know, those guys are uh, are tough players, and they come to play, and they are you know guys that can turn a hockey game around. And uh, so, so you you got to keep your eye on them, and you got to try and get him out of there as much as possible. Now the Flyers can skate; they can score. But I think they're kind of shaky in goal, Mike. At least that's what I'm hoping. Yeah, I don't know where the shaky part of Brian Elliott. I mean, maybe he, maybe that's too strong yeah, a word. But yeah, no, it might be. But uh, I, I think that fans are kind of just you know saying, "Well, we've got Matt Murray," and, and that's true. He's got two cups to his to his credit. But you know, you've got an NHL goaltender here, and you've got a guy who really played well for the St. Louis Blues uh, when he was there. Um, you know, just big time numbers uh, that he put up there and won. So I'm not so sure that he's not capable. Uh, just go back to Dwayne Rolison and a few other goaltenders that we've seen along the ways that have stopped the Penguins cold, uh, you know, in situations. Uh, Halak is another one, you know. So they're more than capable. I mean, if they get it rolling. And and what happens is, and you know this as well as anybody, Mark, if the Flyers come in and get a win here in the first two, all of a sudden the confidence changes. I mean, big time. And then they they believe in their goaltender. They believe they can win, and uh, you know they haven't been able to do that here too late, uh, too much of late. They got a great run here to start it, but they've had a, a tough time in this building. But uh, part of it revolves around the team too. But the goaltender can certainly give him that spark, and if he does, and uh, you know confidence comes from that, and I think the Penguins are a perfect example of it. I mean they've they thrived off the goaltending they've gotten over the years, including Mark Andre Fleury before Murray ever got here, and uh, and Murray and Flurry last year, and I think this 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 duel right now is uh, is more than capable of helping the Penguins in an effort to try and get a third straight cup. We're talking to Mike Klang, the Hall of Famer. He's brought to you by Coors Light. Uh, Mikey, what's the state of the Penguins right now? They finished up with a couple of pretty good wins, and it got them home ice, which I think is uh, something they're going to be glad they got this year. 
Yeah, it's, you know, uh, the the interesting part to me is that uh, they didn't get as many points as they did a year ago. And I always peer to the other conference. Uh, that Those are important numbers to me. Unfortunately for the Penguins, the Western Conference had a lot of teams above what the Penguins are. So if, in fact, they do go to the final, in all likelihood, what I see up there, the teams that are there, uh, they're going to have to open up on the road, which is not a bad thing. I mean, hey, let's be honest. The Penguins have won, what, five cups? And they have won one at home. So, I mean, they're certainly more than capable of winning uh, a cup on the road. But that's always a nice thing to have in your pocket. And uh, But but as far as this uh, conference is concerned, you, you, you look over at the other side and uh, Toronto, Boston, and uh, Tampa Bay are all above the Penguins as far as points are are concerned. So it's going to be it's going to be a hard fought uh, journey, uh, if you will, uh, for the Penguins to get there. But one that I think that they've uh, become accustomed to. And let's face it, they won a lot of games on the road to win the Cup there the last two years. Uh, they could do it again if they were forced to do it. I was going to ask you about Sidney Crosby and his record against the Flyers. But let's face it, Sidney Crosby has a pretty good record against everybody. That said, he's averaging like a point, 1.8 points per game against Philadelphia. That's pretty rarefied turf. Yeah, he is. I mean, he's and he's playing his best hockey right now. And he's, uh, you know, this is, I look at it, okay, all right, I'm I'm Sidney Crosby, and I'm uh, Evgeny Malkin, and even I'm Chris Letang, okay? I got a chance to do something here that people will, will give anything they have to say that they were able to accomplish it. And that's when four cups in in your career with one team. That would be motivation for me alone, just right there to say, listen, let's go for it. Let's give everything we have. And uh, I think that's got to be the M.O. for the Penguins, as if to say, you know, you're not going to deny us. We are going to be the champions again. I don't know if it's going to happen, but certainly it would be a sense of pride and accomplishment. and, And you have to look down the road. And for a lot of these guys, uh, you know, an old guy like me has been around. I know how appreciative I am of what they accomplished, even in 91 or 92, how difficult it was. And when they get done with their careers and it's all done, they're going to look back and have an even better feeling uh, if they were able to do it. But that's the motivation I think that they can use, uh, you know, in, in an effort to try and get themselves on the right frame of mind and the mindset, as uh, Mike Sullivan talks about, in an effort to try and repeat again. Uh, I agree with everything you said, Mike, and uh, I can't wait for the series to start. I think the Penguins will win the series, but the nice thing about playing, the interesting thing, rather, about playing a rival is you always think, boy, what if you lose? You have to live with it, and it's a little tougher to live with if you get eliminated by Philadelphia. Now, that rivalry goes way back, and uh, there have been a lot of memorable moments. What are a couple of the very top moments that stick out in your mind from Penguins versus Flyers? Oh. Uh, Ilka Sinasalo scoring his first NHL goal on a penalty shot, I think eight and nine seconds into the game. <laughs> in, in the Spectrum, game over. Uh, I can remember a few uh, 9-1, uh, I think 1-11, nothing game uh, there. I can remember uh, the streak that they had for 42 games of beating the Penguins uh, from 73 to 89. Uh, 0-39 and 3, the Penguins went. Those are memories. At the Philadelphia Spectrum, yeah. yeah Not a good memory, but a memory yes, for sure. but on the other hand, when they beat them, it was worth the whole time, you know, when they were able to uh, send the witch doctors over. We had uh, Jimmy Crenn and Scott Paulson <laughs> come over and play witch doctors, and they uh, they did the job. And uh, Borky was a big part of that, my uh, broadcast partner, and 
uh, Wendell Young, uh, you know, stoned the Flyers. And uh, and it was kind of a, a stepping stone for the Pens because from that point on, uh, they got, you know, they got better. And then uh, I don't know if the next year that they thought that uh, they were going to win the Cup, but uh, certainly a little bit of, uh, you know, juice in the motor uh, had them going. And they ended up winning the Stanley Cup in uh, 1991. Uh, so maybe that was kind of a key moment, but they're, you know, the, the, the overtime game, five overtimes, uh, the building, the, uh, Mellon arena, I think it might've been the civic arena even then, uh, at that time, wide open and playing until two thirty in the morning. And, uh, even though you lost the game, you know, I, I was on the air inviting people to come on down and they wouldn't let them come into the building and see it. I mean, at two, <laughs> two fifteen in the morning, but just those special things about it. And, you know, and and the rivalry part of it, and the fans of Philadelphia, you know, relentlessly booing Mario, relentlessly booing any player the Penguin had, Sydney too, and then uh, they come here, and it's pretty much the same. And Scotty Hartnell's always been a great showman to put on shows, and uh, uh, you know, guys, uh, they got a little feel for what uh, the dramatic is, and uh, and and seeing what's there. So uh, there are a lot of great memories, really. There are, Mark. I'll tell you one I remember. It was 2008 when the Penguins eliminated Philadelphia uh, to reach the Stanley Cup final. It was 6-0 in the, in the elimination game at the Civic Arena, Mellon Arena by then, I guess, and Ryan Malone scored two goals for Pittsburgh. I thought it was great that a kid from Pittsburgh knocked out the Flyers after the Flyers had really done dirty to his dad, uh, Bugsy, uh, Greg Malone, for so many years when he was a Penguin. <laughs> yeah, Bugsy put up with a lot of those. Those uh, tough, tough losses and, and going in there and, uh, you know, thank goodness uh, that part of the game is out of it, the the uh, rough and tumble uh, attack people uh, part of it. So uh, I'm happy for that. And uh, But, yes, there were some uh, lean days uh, in, in an effort, and uh, many people talk about the Philadelphia flu and uh, the old Montreal flu about not, eh, I don't think I feel too good tonight about going to that building. And seriously, I mean, it's true because uh, they just pounded you, I mean, physically and and, and dared you to, to, to do something. So it was not easy for a hockey player to go in and play in Philadelphia. Mikey, great stuff as always. Fantastic insight. We will see you at the rink Wednesday night. I can't wait. Yeah, I don't have a, I don't know how this is going to turn out, but uh, I'm hopeful that uh, we get a lot of good games between these two teams. And, uh, you know, I mean, uh, why not take a third one? Let's uh, see if they can do it and, uh, the whole town will be behind him. There's no question about that. This is a great, uh, great hockey town and great fans, and uh, they'll be front and center to, to kind of spur the Penguins on here in an effort to try and uh, go for a third one. No question about yeah. that. That's the Hall of Famer, Mike Lang. I'm Mark Madden. Mike was brought to you by Coors Light. Enjoy $2 Coors Light aluminum bottles during all Penguins playoff games, and check out College Night every Thursday at the Jailhouse Saloon in Coriopolis. Is that in an actual jailhouse? If it is, I might, or I might, anyway, $2 Coors Light aluminum bottles during all Penguins playoff games. No, it's a great place. I've actually uh, dropped by there. We got Chris Letang at 515. I'm Mark Madden, 105.9. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Are you saying that because you know it'll make me make fun of you? Yes, I love you, Mark. But I'll be quite blunt, Slapnuts. The X at 105.9. Don't call in to win tickets. We've given those away. The winner is Greg Stangup. We'll give away another pair on tomorrow's program for Penguins Flyers Game 1 at PPG Paints Arena on Wednesday. 
Well, that sounds so great to just say. Penguins Flyers, game one at PPG Paints Arena on Wednesday. I'm picking Penguins in five. I'm not taking the result for granted. I hate the Flyers, but they got a good attack. Wayne Simmons is a handful. Claude Giroux had 102 points. I think Voracek soft and dirty, which you can be at the same time, although it is an unusual combination. He can give it but can't take it is probably the best uh, way to express it. Uh, Couturier has had a heck of a season scoring-wise. So we'll see what the Flyers can do if they cannot score the Penguins because I think that's their only bet. But the Penguins have better defense, better goaltending, and even more weapons than the Flyers do. I mean, you can talk all you want about Giroux, Voracek, Simmons, Couturier, Konechny, etc. The Penguins got Crosby and Malkin. Nobody else got Crosby and Malkin. And then you got Kessel, Broussard, Gensler starting to round into form a little bit. Followed Sid's lead in the season finale against Ottawa by banking at a goal from behind the net, which Sid had done in the same game uh, just a bit earlier. So uh, the Penguins have with a text to not only beat the Flyers, but wipe the Flyers out. And uh, that's certainly what I am hoping to see. My pick is Penguins in five. Uh, Mike Lang, the Hall of Famer, made reference to the 2000 series where the Penguins lost to the Flyers in six games. The Penguins went into Philadelphia and won the first two games, 2-0 and 4-1. But then uh, they lost twice in overtime at Mellon Arena. Uh, a guy named Andy, Andy Delmore scored in overtime in game three. And then uh, Keith Primo, we all remember that game, scored in the fifth overtime to even the series at two games each. And then the Flyers won games uh, five and game six to win the series. My memory from that series, besides being in the runway, being in the players' runway, the Penguins' runway, because back then I did the post-game show interviewing a Penguin player. So I went down there for the end of regulation, and I was still there at the end of the first overtime, at the end of the second overtime, at the end of the third overtime, the fourth overtime. You may remember the story from that game was they ran out of energy bars and sports drinks they sent out for pizza. And uh, after the third overtime, Darius Kasparitis was nice enough to bring me a piece of pizza from the locker room because I'd been there for quite some time. Not that I couldn't have afforded to miss a meal and still could afford, but uh, that was awful nice of Casper. And then if you think about where that goal was scored from, it was right in front of me. I'm in the runway at the glass, and Primo shoots the puck from right in front of me to beat Ron Tugnut, win that game from Philadelphia, and even the series. A lot of memories from the Penguins-Flyers rivalry not all of them good. And I'll tell you what one of those uh, was at 5 o'clock. When I go all the way back to 1989 to talk about that postseason confrontation between the Penguins and Philadelphia Flyers. This segment brought to you by 84 Lumber. Helping you build the right way since 1956. If you're just tuning in, Derek Broussard was a full participant in practice today. Coach Mike Sullivan did not say that he was a definite to be in the lineup Wednesday night for game one at PPG Paints Arena, but he did line work. He wasn't like kind of a straggler or a guy rotating through lines. He took all the line work with uh, Sherry and Kessel. So that uh, is a good sign 
right there. Uh, this series is a mismatch in every way but up front, where the Penguins do have an advantage, however slight, but in the back. Look at their D, look at Pittsburgh's D. For all the bitching you do about Latang allegedly having a rough year, which he hasn't, and he's gotten a lot better lately, and for all the bitching you do about the Penguins having traded Doug Harvey Jr., also known as Ian Cole, the Penguins' defensive core is way better than the Flyers' defensive core, and the Penguins' goaltending is light years better than the Flyers' goaltending. And uh, when I told Mikey, Mike Lang, that maybe saying that Elliot's shaky is too strong a word, I was just saying that to placate Mikey because he never talks in insulting absolutes like I do. I think Brian Elliott sucks. I think Peter Morazic sucks. That Neuvert, who's been hurt, their third guy, he sucks too. The Flyers have never dug their way out of, of bad goaltending for, boy, so many years now. And if the Penguins do lose to the Flyers in this series, it will not be because the Flyers got great goaltending. I feel very confident in saying that. I also don't see Sid and Gino being denied here. That's one thing that we can never say enough. Rossi wrote a column about that not too long ago. The one thing that the opponents won't have in these playoffs is Sid and Gino. Penguins have Sid and Gino, the best one-two punch in hockey. No team they play has them. And teams try to imagine they do. I'm sure the Philadelphia media, those stooges, We'll be talking about, oh, Giroux and Voracek. They can counter Sid and Gino. No, they can't. You know how I know? Because they never have. They never won a cup. They've never accomplished anything. Everybody tries to imagine that our two guys are our Sid and Gino. And, and they're simply not. The Flyers used to pull that crap all the way back when they had Jeff Carter and Mike Richards. And they gave them contracts for too long and too much. There are Sid and Gino. We got a Sid and Gino. You haven't got excrement, Jr. No comparison. That's like comparing ice cream and horse manure. Not even close. Up next, we go back in time to a negative playoff memory between the Penguins and Flyers. It involves someone I like doing a very bad thing. I'm Mark Madden. Don't forget, we have Chris Letang at 515. You're listening to 105.9 The X.